Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. This is Kim Peek, and I am your hostess. I am so glad that you are here with me today. Nutrition can be such a confusing topic with so much contradictory information. And so I like to bring people on the show who can help us make nutrition simple so that we don't need to worry about all the foods that the diet gurus tell us to eliminate and we're able to focus on giving our bodies the nourishment required to thrive. When I interviewed today's guest, it started out as a simple interview about nutrition. I really just wanted to know how we can make nutrition simple. And Mallory Gonzalez delivered. She is a registered dietitian with her Master's of Science, and she specializes in nutrition plans and diet coaching to ensure that all of her clients are the healthiest they can be. Mallory is also the head of nutrition for a company called Kenco, a company that delivers no-fuss and healthy instant smoothies. After the show, Mallory sent me a sample package of the smoothies, and I became an instant fan. And now I'm a regular paid customer. I'll let Mallory tell you more about the smoothies when we get to that portion of the interview, But let me just say that they are easy to prepare. They're nice and thick without needing a blender or an ice. So in the morning when I get my smoothie, it's the first thing I do in the morning. I don't have to turn on that loud blender and wake up my entire family. And they are easy and they taste delicious. And they're full of fruits and vegetables with not all those added filler things that you find in a lot of other smoothies. So I'm a fan. I want you to listen to this interview with Mallory, not because I want you to buy a bunch of smoothies, although I do think they're delicious, but because I hope you can pick up a few new tips on how to make nutrition simple. Mallory was full of great ideas and I think it'll just help you. The better you nourish your body, the better you're going to perform in all areas of your life. And we want you to be able to eat more of the foods that nourish your body without overcomplicating or overthinking it. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the show, Mallory. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thankful to be here and excited. So you're a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk today about how to make nutrition simple to follow. I feel like there's so many different buzz about all yeah. the different types of ways that somebody can eat. And mm-hmm. it gets really confusing because a lot of them are contradictory. So exactly. what is your nutrition philosophy? Let's start off with that. Yes. And you actually made a lot of great points and a lot of things that I talk about often. And so really, like you said, nutrition can be so confusing because we might even start on these paths of like eating healthier, but at the same time, be very confused because then we might hear that some of the 
foods that we thought were healthy, weren't healthy or aren't healthy. And it's confusing. And then you get in this place where you're like, what do I eat? And so with that being said, my philosophy with nutrition is truly making nutrition as simple as possible for people and also sustainable and attainable. So realistic, and this is super individualized, you know, not every single person is the same. Not every single person should be eating exactly the same. So I really, really like to work with people one-on-one and try to set realistic goals with people that are catered to them, but also not making it unattainable or that's not sustainable. Like I said, so any changes or suggestions I make when I'm working with clients is always like, okay, can you see yourself doing this every day for the rest of your life or every day, most of the time? And if the answer is no, then I think, okay, let's think of habits that are things that you can really see yourself implementing regularly versus if I were to come in and say, here's a meal plan, eat exactly this. That's just I don't think I've ever seen somebody stick perfectly to a meal plan. It's not very realistic. So first of all, making nutrition simple, kind of going through those foods that are good for your body and then not over restrictive. And again, just making it something that people feel confident they can really implement into their routines. I think that's so important about not making it overly restrictive. Yeah. Anytime you feel like you're giving up things or missing out, It's Mm -hmm. not something you're going to stay with long-term. Yes, absolutely. And with restriction, it always can lead to the opposite of restriction, like overindulgence in the sense of, I'll give an example. Like I live in New York and pizza here is delicious, right? There's good pizza options. Now, if I were to tell myself, I'm not going to eat pizza for the next two months, or I'm not going to eat pizza again because pizza is unhealthy or, you know, whatever I say, but it's a food that I love, but I tell myself I'm restricting it completely. So what happens is I might be able to sustain that for a little while, but what it leads to is if I'm in a situation where there is pizza around, I'm probably going to feel very strongly about it. One, I might, I'm probably going to feel like I need to eat this entire pizza because the only time I'm going to interact with the pizza. It's the only time I'm going to have access to it. Or after I eat this pizza, I'm going back to not eating pizza, or I feel like I just need to enjoy all of it versus if I'm like, okay, like I can work a slice of pizza into my routine on a weekly basis or something like that. It makes it much easier to have a slice of pizza and move on. So the restriction part of things can really make those foods seem a lot more desirable. And then also lead to that almost out of control feelings around that food. Like I need to have as much as possible or I can't stop because it's so good. So without being overly restrictive and giving ourselves permission to incorporate some of those foods into our routines, of course, if you don't have any like food intolerances or things like that, of course, then it makes those foods easier to navigate around and easier to have without feeling stressed about it or pressure around it and things like that. Yeah. I know my daughters are always, every time they're like, okay, I'm going to start eating better. And then they'll bring me something. Is this healthy? Yeah. It depends on who you ask because there's so many different things. I mean, unless it's a bag of chips, I suppose it could be nutritious, even if one diet. Yeah. Nutritious. So I know that you have a way of making nutrition less complicated. How do we uncomplicate this so we can just enjoy ourselves and eat? 
Yeah. So what I tell people when we're having this discussion is let's go back to the basics. So let's take away all that information that we've been told or that we hear or that we read online. Because like you said, a lot of times we're mixing information from a lot of different diets that we read about and so on. And it just gets very confusing. So I say, let's go back to the basics. Well, like what are foods that we know are nutritious for us? You know, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, things of that nature. Now, if we're sticking with that and we're just focusing on consuming high quality foods, meaning highly nutritious foods, like those foods I just said, healthy fats, lean proteins, whole grains, fruits, and vegetables, and getting more of those in our routine on a regular basis, then we're off to a very good start. So depending on the person, so let's say it's somebody starting from square one and let's say they eat fast food for every single meal. That's where we're starting. A realistic, simple change for that person would be like, let's try to incorporate two vegetables in your routine every single day, or let's start with drinking more water. And of course, you know, there's more steps along the way, but when we're making it simple, it's breaking it down to let's think of one nutritious thing that we can incorporate. And so what happens in this process is a lot of times they feel like it's actually doable. They feel confident about it and they're able to incorporate those tasks. And it's more focused on what to include and less focused on what to not eat. So what it can lead to is really replacing some of those foods that might be less nutritious. Now, those foods might occur in our diet every now and then. I think that there's times in our life where they're needed because they're yummy and they can fit in that. But the goal again is just really helping people to focus on, okay, let's get more fruits and vegetables. Like what research shows is that if you include at least five servings of fruits and vegetables into your routine daily, there's so many health benefits associated with that, like reduced risk for certain diseases, lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol, you know, great health benefits. And even more research is saying that 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day, even better, of course. Now, 10 might seem like a crazy number to somebody, but five might seem attainable to people. And it's like, okay, so let's focus on getting these things that we can identify into our routine more regularly and then slowly reduce consumption of maybe highly processed fried foods, things like that, but not worry about restricting them out completely. Let's make this simple. So that's really kind of the outlined approach that I love to take with making things simple, helping people understand macronutrients, not to count them, but just to understand where calories are coming from. Something else people say often is like, well, maybe I shouldn't say eat something like, let's say an avocado because it's high in calories, but an avocado is perfectly nutritious, right? We have vitamins, minerals. It's a healthy source of fat. We have fiber in there, a little bit of protein. So if we're looking at calories, somebody may, might look at an avocado and a candy bar and say the candy bar is less than smaller in calories. So I'm going to eat that. And that's not helpful for our bodies, right? Versus if they understand macronutrients, like, oh, this has healthy fats. It has a little bit of protein, has fiber in it. Then it's like, okay, this is higher in calories, but it's also more nutritious for our body. So I really like to work with people to understand, you know, where calories are coming from just so they can make those decisions in their daily lives. And it can help make sense of the, all the foods that they're looking at. In the avocado example too, so much more filling than that candy bar. That's going to be absolutely minutes. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, we love to play around with avocado dishes and 
how can we stuff them and what can we stuff <laughs> them with this week? And we have fun with that at our house. They're so, so good. You started to touch on this. Mm-hmm. Tell us about calories and macronutrients. Should we be counting that kind of stuff? Should we just be focusing on eating a certain number of fruits and veggies? Mm-hmm. What do we do to improve our nutrition, but to also keep it simple and something we can follow long-term? Yes. So macronutrients and calories, while it's helpful information to know, it's so easy to get very caught up in it. You know, reading those labels, looking at those calorie counts, looking at those macronutrient counts. That's why I always lean towards helping people kind of just identify those quality foods, high quality nutrient dense foods, like I listed before. And the reason why I wouldn't recommend sticking with a certain specific calorie amount every single day is first of all, our bodies are different every single day. We have different activities. We're doing different things. Our bodies aren't using the exact same amount of energy every single day. Now, if we're sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing, yes, we can get basal metabolic rate and get an idea of the energy that we burn in a day. But if we're more focused on those calorie amounts, it just adds a lot of stress around food. Should I eat that? Should I not eat that? Versus saying like, I know that's a complex carb. I'm going to eat it. Or even just saying like, oh, I know this is a refined of sugar food. I know this is a food full of refined sugar. And right now I'm in a place where that's what I'm craving. And I give myself permission to have it. You know, that's easier to navigate versus I'm tracking these numbers. I need to hit these calorie goals or these macronutrient goals. Yes, we should be balanced and we can talk about that. But another thing too, with macronutrients in particular and calories when counting them. So another thing with aiming towards a specific calorie goal, I know that I see lots of diets out like 1200 calorie diets that are very popular right now, or diets like that calorie deficit diets. We hear that a lot, but the thing is when we reduce our calorie amount on a strict basis. So let's say we're aiming for that number 1200 calories a day, and we're doing that every single day, your metabolism is eventually going to slow down to meet that. And so there's going to come a time that if you're going to want to reduce that calorie amount again, and this isn't helpful because 1200 calories is not allowed to calories for anybody. That's a very small amount, but also if your metabolism is slowing down to meet that, then you're just going to find yourself trying to eat less and less and less. And that's not the goal. So there should be some variation within this. So of course it's good to monitor and balance, making sure you're getting adequate amounts of protein, fats, and carbohydrates. But again, a lot of times you're doing a very good job if you're just focusing on that quality. I'll say that so many times, quality of food, good nutritious foods. And so we're putting those in our bodies. We can kind of take the stress off of calories and macronutrients and all of that. And I think that, so at the time we're recording this, we are in the Olympic trials period. Yeah. And I think that this is a really important topic when we're thinking about athletes. So whether somebody is an athlete or the parent of an athlete, we're seeing a lot of, or there's been several stories from the Olympics about athletes who are under fueling for their sport. And so I think it's important to remember that, especially if you're active, you need to be getting a lot of calories and you shouldn't necessarily be on a 1200 calorie a day diet because your body at that high level of sport is going to require more calories. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, pretty much exactly what you said. Your body does need more calories in those moments and especially for fuel. So if you give your body that proper fuel by upping those calories and upping those macronutrients, like if you're doing a high a sport that requires a lot of endurance, you need a lot more carbohydrates. So making sure that they're upping those and they might even see improvements in their performance because their body actually has adequate fuel to supply the sport that they're doing, you know, or the activity that they're doing. And with underfueling, it can be very dangerous because especially if we're talking about Olympic athletes, like these are top-notch athletes. I'm sure that their body is burning through energy like crazy. So even on the days that they're not training, you know, their body still needs those nutrients for replenishment, for recovery. It's just so important to make sure they're getting the adequate amount of fuel in their body. Yeah. I think the world of nutrition has gotten so difficult to navigate because Mm -hmm. everybody has a plan and a program and a diet. So I really appreciate the simplicity of taking it back to the basics and talking about, you know, just what are the main things that you should be feeding yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the goal is to overcomplicate things. Cause when I have a one-on-one nutrition consultation with a client, this is usually we start off by talking about how they're confused about nutrition. And I say, that's totally normal. We all are. We've all heard all of this information, our entire lives, different sources. So I don't blame anybody from being confused. And that's what I start with. I'm like, okay, let's, how can we make this easy? And nutrition should be simple. But like you said, everybody has like the perfect plan or the perfect, and that might work perfectly for them. But nutrition is not a one size fits all. It's very individualized as we know. Yeah. I have a great doctor that I work with where when you start to feel all the noise in your head about all the things everybody's telling you that you should do, He'll be like, okay, let's take it back to the basics. Are you eating food that's nourishing your body? Mm -hmm. Are you getting your sleep? Are you exercising? Are you spending time with people every day? And there's something else I'm blanking on. But anyway, it just like takes it back down to the super basics. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's really all we have to do. Yes. And something I always tell people when we're talking about this is I always say, this might sound underwhelming because I think people are expecting a very complex answer and like, don't eat any of this, only eat this. Like, and it's just not it. And so, yes, I feel like whenever we do go back to that, like the real needs, are you getting enough sleep? Like you said, that's so important too, even with nutrition, are you doing these very practical things? And people, a lot of times are just like, you know, I didn't think about it that way. We get so worried about those other things, all of the more complicated aspects of it instead of sticking with, oh, these are very practical, useful tips I can incorporate and I can feel great by doing them. So I think that's great that you work with a doctor that has that philosophy because it's so helpful and it's encouraging. If you're on the Mm -hmm. other end of that, you're like, I can do this. This isn't that complicated it's not as hard as I thought it would be. And so that's always a great feeling to have. Yeah. So I think you answered this question already, but let's circle back around to this one. Mm -hmm. What about cutting out food groups? Is that something we should be doing? Is it necessary? So I don't think it's necessary. And unless of course, if you have a specific health condition that would require you to eliminate a food group. Now, everyday healthy individuals or people even trying to improve their health, I don't think it's necessary. And for those reasons I said, so if we're trying to cut out chocolate, 
I'm going to be thinking about chocolate all the time. If I'm telling myself I can't have chocolate because I've deemed it a bad food or something like that, I'm going to go to bed thinking about chocolate. Now, if I can say, give myself permission to have a little bit of chocolate every now and then, or have a like couple squares of chocolate after dinner. And really while I'm eating it, think about what I like about that food. What's tasty about it. Do I like the texture and really give myself the space to enjoy it? It's so much easier to move on, especially knowing like, oh, if I want chocolate tomorrow after dinner, I can have it. If I don't want it, I don't have to have it or whatever it is. So I think the restriction part comes from this thought of, oh, I don't feel in control around these foods. We might hear that often. Oh, I can't eat a single chip because if I eat the single chip, I'll eat the whole bag. And a lot of times what that's coming from is that feeling of as soon as you start eating it, you're feeling guilty or shameful. And so again, now you're in this moment of like, maybe I should just finish the bag because I'm here and then it'll be out of the house and I won't have to think about it anymore versus really kind of learning how we can implement something in your life that you enjoy. It might not be in your meals every day, but if you can implement it in a way where it's like you can give yourself permission or it might not be in every single meal that you eat, but if you can implement it in a way that you learn to step away from it and it's not as scary, it's like, oh, this is delicious. I liked it. If I want a few potato chips tomorrow with my lunch, I'll do it. You know, it's just so much easier than saying, you know what, I'm not going to have potato chips ever. And then we find ourselves at a barbecue and we're like, oh my goodness, right. potato chips. Well, and I think that way too about certain holiday meals like Christmas mm-hmm. or Thanksgiving or or maybe even 4th of July weekend, you go to a, a picnic and you tend to like gorge on something. And so, but when you think and look at the individual things that are being served there, you're like, oh, I can have those baked beans anytime. I don't need to eat a ton yeah. at this event because that's something I really could make tomorrow or next week if I wanted a taste of that. Yes, for sure. And when we're talking about events, I say, eat normally throughout the day before, because again, something common that we might tend to do is think, okay, I know there's going to be all of these foods that aren't super nutritious there and I'm going to enjoy them, but I'm going to like save up my calories before I get there. And then you get to that event and you're starving. And I don't know about you, but when I'm super hungry, I am about like, I need all the food and I need it now. And I'll, I might even end up eating food that I don't even really enjoy just because it's there. Like if there's a dessert table, sometimes we'll find ourselves being like, Oh, I'm going to eat a little piece of every dessert. And I don't even like some of the options there just because it's that I've felt restricted. This is my moment to celebrate versus if you eat normally before, then you have some control over your hunger. And while you're there, you can really think about like, what here do I really, really enjoy What do I not get to have very often that I like? Like you said, maybe there's dishes that I can make for lunch tomorrow. That's easy. But really having those options, then also not having that starving factor going on can be very helpful. Yes, for sure. And then speaking of starving, what about intermittent fasting? Or is there a time of day when we should stop eating or start eating? Mm -hmm. What are your opinions on that topic? Yeah. So when we're talking about intermittent fasting, I typically encourage people, I ask the same question, is this something you see yourself doing every single day all the time? And there are research studies showing certain benefits with intermittent fasting. And I will say that. However, what I would tell people with having time constraints on food is that 
your metabolism does not just stop or your body does not just stop digesting at a certain time of day. A lot of, I hear often, oh, I can't eat after 7 PM because my body will just store it. And our body doesn't just stop working. Even when we're sleeping, our body's working. Our bodies are fascinating and they do a great job of taking care of us. Now, a lot of times if people are eating late, maybe they didn't eat enough throughout the day. So they're very hungry. So they're finding themselves snacking around or something like that. And it's okay to have nighttime snacks. So what I say is your body doesn't just stop working at a certain time. If you have restrictions around times, it can sometimes lead to underfueling because you might have a very busy day where you didn't have time to grab lunch in your window. And then it's 8 p.m. and you feel bad for wanting to eat because you put this time stop on your day. And that's not necessarily good for you either if you're underfueling. So with that being said, I always just tell people to look and see what's realistic for them, what is going to work long term. And then also just know your body's going to keep working for you no matter what time of day it is. The biggest risk factor here is if you eat close to bedtime, you might experience some reflux and that's just not fun because you're laying down. So Mm -hmm. maybe eat a couple hours before bedtime to avoid any like indigestion. But outside of that, our bodies are really good at taking care of ourselves around the clock. So I love this overall message, which is just less rules and more simplifying. Yeah. More the good stuff. Yeah. More the nutritious stuff. Let's see what we can incorporate more. Let's take some pressure off of ourselves so that we can feel in control around foods and feel empowered to make great food decisions. Now, you're also a registered dietitian for a company called Kenco. Yes. Can you tell us what your company does? Yes. So Kinco is a plant-based nutrition company and we have a few different nutrition products. And so we have smoothies and gumdrops currently, but all of our food products are made from organic fruits and vegetables and they're shelf stable. So our smoothies come in powders and you mix them with milk or water and you can have a smoothie on the go. Now we don't use any artificial additives, no added sugars, all of our fruits are organic that we use. And essentially the process for the smoothies in particular, our gumdrops are a little bit different. Our smoothies in particular, we freeze dry the fruits and vegetables. We break them down into a powder and that's how we get our little smoothie packs. And this really is not meant to replace your fruit and vegetable intake, but to complement it. So essentially our mission at Kinko is to help people get more fruits and vegetables in their routine every single day. Now there's a statistic that only one in 10 Americans eat enough fruits and vegetables. So our goal is just to help people get more fruits and veggies in whatever that looks like. And for us, we're like, we can create a shelf stable product that can help complement that goal. Now, Kinko was created to help make these things easier. So again, getting fruits and vegetables in times that are inconvenient. Maybe you can't carry an apple with you on your airplane, which you could. I definitely believe you can take an apple on an airplane, but let's say you don't want to pack it because you don't want it to get squished or something like that. Very These travel well. You can take them with you. You can have them with you on your desk at work. Yeah. Just on the go, fruits and vegetables, really. And then does it give you only the vitamins that are in it, or are you also getting some of the fiber that's in the fruits and vegetables? Yeah. So we keep all the fiber in. So whenever we're freeze drying that whole process with the smoothies, we are taking the water out and trying to keep as much of all the other good stuff in, including fiber. So that's what would set us apart from like a juice is that we're including 
all that fiber content, which is good. Very cool. And then you were telling me that there's an interesting story about how the company got started. Yes. So our founder, Tomasz Froze, he would be totally fine with me sharing this story. At least I hope, right? (laughs) But he, in 2013, I'm going to say, maybe it was 2011, but he was actually diagnosed with acute gastritis and he was having some stomach issues. And his doctor said, you know, you're going to be on medication forever. And what he did was he changed his diet to a mostly plant-based diet. Now I'm not here to diagnose or say like, of course, change your diet to fix this health condition. That's not what I'm saying is I'm saying he changed his diet to a mostly plant-based diet and had great success. He was able to come off medications and was able to improve his health. Now his complaint during this process was that he always had like old fruit in his backpack. Like he hated having like an old a banana that you put in your bag in the morning. And then at the end of the day, it's like Brown. You're like, what happened? How did that happen so fast? And so that's how he kind of got the idea of like, how can we make fruits and vegetables easier for people? How can we make them last longer? I don't know if you've ever bought a bag of spinach. And then a week later you go to the grocery store and you're like, Oh no, I have to buy new spinach to replace my old spinach. And so again, what can we do to make fruits and vegetables easier, reduce food waste at the same time and help people get more fruits and vegetables in their routine. Yep. When you were talking about the spinach, all I could think of was going back to that avocado because avocados go bad while you sleep, right? And you just turn around, walk around the corner and they're bad again. Yes. Avocados are frustrating because you buy them. I always buy mine where they're like not quite ready. And then the next time I check on them, it's too late. They're gone. I know. I I feel like that's this ongoing battle. Yes. I guess, you know, what a great problem they have, but (laughs) I know (laughs) anyway, well, is there anything else that you wanted to tell us about that you did not get a chance that I didn't ask you? I think that's really covers everything that I had today. All right. Well, it was fun talking to you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we were able to chat today. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.